listen and subscribe to The Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to Blurred Lines. This is your man, Cam. With me, as always, is... The other Cam, the last action Negro, the Woko Kaji, the most respected hater on the planet Earth and the galaxy. As well as... Hey, yo, this is Josh, a.k.a. the Dark Lord of the Caribbean Sith, known as Dark Coconut. And always trying to keep us a little bit more villainy. This is Lord Professor D of the House Morgoth, second of my name, speaker of the nerds, scourge of imbeciles, and breaker of pop culture and mediocre chains. And we are back talking about the latest news that came out over at Warner Brothers. Uh, our good man, James Gunn, came out and uh, had some shots fired all over the, all over the place. Shaking things up, which is actually kind of cool. Um, I thought it was quite, quite interesting. You know, we, along for a long time, everyone was wondering what Gun was going to do, and and uh, what's uh, what's Gun's pa- partner game again? Zaslav? Uh Peter Safran. Safran. So it's Gun and Safran, they're the ones that are kind of reshaping what's going to go on with um, DC Studios. This has now been renamed, um, and they you know kind of threw out a bunch of slates of different things that was coming out. Um, only one thing got a really hard date. Everything else is kind of just, you know, hey, this is the things we're doing. But um, I would first throw to you guys of like, what was your kind of initial reaction of like guns kind of like uh, kind of just announcements of what's coming, what's coming down the pipe? Yeah, I mean, when I first heard it or saw the, I mean, because I think seeing the list was what really kind of gave me in my mind a, an image of what it could be or what it might look like. I thought it was a nice balance and it kind of felt like there was uh, an attempt to have some structure to this thing, which is what has been sorely lacking. So, you know, I I prefer that there not be, it didn't start with Superman, but I mean, let's face it, we can't have DC without Superman in in most in most cases we can't have that and i know that that's kind of like one of the the big asks from above is to have a superman movie as the anchor i kind of like the idea that it's legacy because you know it allowed i think it would make sense for superman to have already existed in the dc movie universe for a while and is at his sort of legendary status as these new faces start to you know or characters start to appear um and then i'm most excited about the brave and the bold cut because again you got damian wayne who's batman's son for those who don't know and he's like one of the best um of the robin characters and just one of the best characters and foils of his dad batman and you know he'll he'll be great depending on how they cast him so i you know i thought it was a it looks impressive in a structural way, but you know, the next thing will be execution. Indeed. Um, I thought it was a well thought out list with some things that I'm not necessarily as familiar with, like the authority. I'm, I know absolutely nothing about the authority, but, uh, but the way that he described, um, sort of weaving all of this there, I mean, it makes a certain amount of sense. Like it, it makes, it makes story sense, uh, after a fashion. Um, obviously we got to see how it pans out, but I mean, if he's the one 
sort of guiding this whole thing. He's, he's, if nothing else, we know that James Gunn has an exceptional, uh, sometimes hyper exceptional eye for story. Um, and so if he was able to do what he did with, um, with guardians, I don't think there's going to be a problem with sort of shepherding this thing, um, and sort of, uh, putting the Lego blocks together between, you know, between Superman lanterns, because it's not green lantern, it's lanterns, um, which is an interesting, uh, interesting, um, title choice. Um, but you know, and just weaving it together between Wattler and, 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 and the brave and the bull, which I like, like, um, like, like D I'm super excited about that. I'm the most excited about that because a live action Damien, I think the correct, the casting is crucial. Uh, as is the writing, like how you write that character is crucial, but if they do even an okay job, this will be, this will be a fucking watch. Um, in particular, uh, having someone, you know, to sort of play like, like D said, the, the foil for Batman, who's, you know, usually stoic and stodgy and stiff and, you know, a bunch of other ST words. Um, you know, he's going to break things up rather nicely. You know, he's not going to just be the, the pliant Robin that, uh, that, uh, Dick Grayson and all the others that came in between have been to some, you know, to some measure or the other. But yeah, I, I'm very curious to see. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't even say cautiously, Like I have faith in James Gunn. He's capable. He's shown that he's capable of making something out of literally nothing. So, you know, I, I'm, I am, I am beyond cautiously optimistic. I'm actually kind of, kind of happy. Like this, this looks good. You know, um, the Superman thing looks good. Uh, I, I, I'm curious to see where he's going to, if he's writing it, it's going to be good. Uh, that's almost an afterthought. Um, and I think Jenny's good to your point. Um, it feels like he doesn't, he's not ego driven because Dude. he broke his own work out of that. You know, you don't see anything. Mm-hmm about Suicide Squad or Peacemaker or any of the contributions that he made to that old DC regime, which means that he's very serious about a complete overhaul and restart from scratch. Um, mm-hmm. In a way that makes sense, only carrying over, if you will, uh, Viola Davis as Waller, but anybody would do that because she's just like, she staked her claim in that role and that character mm-hmm. is very integral into the connective tissue of all DC characters and in, in, in her role at sort of behind the scenes. Um, I think often, you know, Cam had referred to her rife uh aptly as the sort of DC version of of uh of Nick Fury or an equivalent to to Nick Fury in that way. So I, I'm glad that she's still there. But yeah, Gunn is not driving this based on um, an ego thing as much as it is seem like he wants to really kind of build something uh, different than what we've seen before and there's a lot of nuance here you know there's there's the the hopeful and the and the in the the space cops and the in the and the the um the spy uh the master spy or or um and you got the bat families as well as the supernatural world, uh, the cosmic and the supernatural world, 
uh, that DC is uh, is uh, known for. So already you can see that there's a a, a good mixture of the the better best aspects of the DC uh, comic book universe. But yeah, as you say, you know, and 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 to to your point, the you know, uh, if this was ego driven, he'd be writing all of these. He's only committed. He said that he's writing one, and he's only writing Superman, which I think is crucial. If that's going to be the first thing out the gate, it's crucial that he writes that because he knows how to set. He's going to set the tone. He knows how the how he wants this whole thing to look now that it's being reshaped, and I think. Him writing it and possibly directing it would be just the smartest thing you could possibly do. Like, all right, this is where it's going to be. This is going to how it's going to go. This is how it's going to look. This is the feel of the of the of the universe. This is the tone of the universe. And I'm said like I'm I'm going to run that first leg and I'm going to pass onto whoever's behind. Yeah, the only thing I would say about Gunn and writing Superman and directing Superman is. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, because he has a tendency to be very rock starry with his uh and very with his uh storytelling, and that's fine. You know, it worked for Guardians. It worked for I mean, rock star. That's probably the wrong way to describe that. But you know, like both Suicide Squad and the Guardians have are driven by their sort of funky soundtrack and connecting you know either seventies or eighties music and. Mm-hmm. pop culture and things like that whereas Superman is kind of all about the sort of values and morals that uber altruism that surrounds him uh, so I'm just hoping that I think he, I know he, he probably most likely can but that there's no uh, attempt to make Superman and overly make Superman cool and allow him to just be Superman he's a nerd right. that's fine he's, he's you know he's He's all these things that make it ironic that he's so powerful. Yeah, definitely. And I think also too, uh, the this kind of mix of um, like different types of shows and different types of characters that they're picking kind of gives you that kind of like young justice feel where it's like, yo, we're going to kind of pick from the wide variety of characters that we have in a DCU and, and kind of give you a little smattering of everything. Like Booster Gold is a good example where most people don't know who Booster Gold is, but in the comics, he's a he's kind of the comic relief. He's kind of a joke, um, but he's also perfect for a live action series because he has a good balance of the of the heroic, but also the comedic and almost ridiculous. And I think that will balance well with other things that are coming out. You have lanterns. Lanterns is basically space cops, but the Green Lantern Corps, as a, as a, as in terms of characters, is awesome because it's super mixed and super diverse. You have a Latina woman. You have a Muslim man. You have a black man. You have boring ass Mayo Hal Jordan. And then you got a bunch of Kelly. They include uh, 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 guy. And if they get if they if they do guy, they do it right. It's a wrap. So it's a, wrap. a lot of things. You, you there's so much things in lanterns that you can have fun with, and by focusing on the Green Lantern core as opposed to just Hal Gordon, that kind of opens it up for them to kind of check a lot of diversity boxes, but also gives them a lot more wiggle. And then when you flip it with um, things like you know Waller, which is automatically like no brainer. Um, I'm actually more curious to see how they'll pull off things like The Authority. The Authority was a uh, book that kind of came from Warren Ellis, uh, who was uh, he was on a, a book called Stormwatch, which is basically like a UN superhero team. It was a kind of a silly concept. He completely dismantled it and then put it back together with the Authority. And 
there's a couple interesting characters in there that play off of uh, Batman and Superman dynamic, and um, there's some other things in there. So it's another one of those things where authority could definitely be there, kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, a bunch of characters that you might not know, but then introducing them in this format might give you a, something to care about, and then put that into great, uh, great characters that you that will like you know, go on for the next ten years. Yeah, and authority, I think, just hold on to double deck for a split second. Yeah, they have a habit of mentioning things without uh, without explaining them. So Guy Gardner, for those who are listening and have no idea who we're talking about, is a Green Lantern who is basically a jerk. And just lovable jerk, but jerk. And just one of the funniest. He's barely lovable. Wait, was he in Young Justice as the fun lantern? Yes. Okay. Yes, and he was he's the guy with the full cut, orange hair, yeah. the redhead. Yeah. Remember, in the he was the only one that nobody in the league liked, but they knew we needed him. Yeah, remember in the first Mad Larry, uh, and there's that funny moment where uh, they're they're uh, trying to decide who's going to be inducted into the league, and they were like, no, and no. they're like, yeah, and, and Hal and uh, and John are both. They're like, we need more power. How about guy going to no, <laughs> but no, everybody's like, no. So that's, that's a good kind of, no. that's, that's <laughs> Guy Gardner in the nutshell. Like, there's also a good moment too where um, people are talking like the oh the the, the blue the blue Oa guys where they're like oh guy guys here oh I love guy <laughs> yeah so yeah now he's a you're right he's a good character he's one of those ones that um, you know how Gordon how Jordan is a, you know your basic space cop you know John John Stewart is a little bit more of the soldier. And then Guy Gardner literally is like the, the goof off that just happens to come into this power, but is good at heart, but it's definitely a joke. Yeah, he's the one where the all of the Atlantic core, they all wonder how there's so many humans in the like how why the rings choose humans so much anyway. But even the human lanterns wonder why a ring chose Guy Gardner. <laughs> I, I will say this to kind of bow tie it up. Uh, you know, when most of these like franchises, when we get, I guess the words, maybe for lack of a better term, is suffocated with the same old wash, rinse, repeat uh, models of storytelling and stories that we're familiar with. Here is what James Gunn is proposing. What we've been all asking for, like Star Wars, for example, is. Like move on, move past what is already established, or you know, like when you have in terms of NBA teams, when you have a super team that doesn't work out, what do we do? <laughs> Trade all your assets away. Blow it up. Start over, yeah, you right? blow it up. Yeah. I think you blow it up, right? So Brooklyn Nets, cough, cough, Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, and Lakers, all that, you know. So, so here we are now with James Gunn proposing what people who are of of our like minds or, or fanboys, whatever say let's do something different he's answering the call i'm not saying he's placating but this is what his envision because he probably i'm assuming he sees what everybody else sees who or enjoy comic book movies or fans of dc that whatever they were doing wasn't working and they couldn't keep up whatever marvel whatever the standard they were trying to keep up with so yeah. james gunn comes in and tries to propose this new vision oh what is james gunn more famous for bringing obscure obscurity into the limelight in the you know so uh i am not too familiar with all of his his work but from the limited work i've seen and his success rate he's going to bring attention to characters that we probably never had any paying attention to and for the diehard fans that have been 
begging to see certain characters and certain storylines brought to light. So that's the positive. And <clears throat> again, uh, do it in a way that makes sense. And from the little information that I've been gathering about this, it sounds like he's not going to completely eliminate all of the characters you're familiar with. Amanda Waller being one of them because she's saying their claim as she is Amanda Waller. I assume most of us in agreement say there can't be no replacement for Amanda Waller. The vile day was a place Amanda Waller. She, that's her, right? But there's going to be some consistency with the, the storylines. They're all going to tie in, but they're in, but they're also going to have, from what I read, some standalone value. It doesn't have to be connected to the bigger universe. Not every movie has to be connected, which is yeah, fine. Right. You know, so, uh, DC Elseworlds, which I, I, I kind of wish they would just call it DC multiverse, but the, cause Elseworlds and the comics imply something totally different than just yeah. being yeah. in a different, a different universe. But yeah. Either way, it designates the standalones, the the Matt Reeves, the Batman, and and yeah. Joker. Um, and and, and I think that's that's one thing I would say, um, even on the comics level, that DC actually does a lot better than Marvel. Like DC is, they will if you come in with a cool ass idea with the big three, like yo, I got this idea, vampires take over the DCU and turns everyone to vampires, and we have to figure out how to kill them. They're like, great. Go take six issues, have your little pocket universe, and have fun with that. And they'll keep yeah. it moving. And I think that's one thing that DC does really well is when people want to do crazy shit with their characters, they let them do it, but they do it in a way that's uh, self-contained. Marvel Marvel always did the dumb shit, but they try to weave that into all this other stuff. X-Men being the prime example where there's yeah. five different five different versions of Wolverine and three different versions of Storm, and they're all running around in the same uh, continuity. And it's just messy and stupid. So... I think that was actually kind of a smart thing. Like you said, I wish they would have called it something else than Elseworlds, but I get what they're doing. And I think that was a smart thing to kind of let Matt Reeves' Batman be in his own little space. Like, yeah. Let it, let it let it germinate. Like he was creating something very interesting. And I'm really curious to see how he plays it off. And like, I really hope that, like, for instance, he don't have uh, Joker as a prominent villain. He enjoys full fucking rogue gallery that Batman has easily cool for him. And that's actually pretty cool. And then these guys, too, same thing. Like, let them have fun. I think. The Brave and the Bold is the most interesting because as we're talking about with uh, Damien is if they if they nail the casting for Damien Wayne, it will literally Everything do a lot of things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And apparently that's supposed to be the sort of introduction of the of most of the Batman the Bat family, but yeah. not necessarily of Batman himself. So we'll probably see the live uh we'll probably see a better written live action Dick Grayson. <laughs> uh, this time around, who's Nightwing from the start? Um, Titans, I'm looking at you. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, that 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 would be. Uh, you hear me, Titans? Yeah, because uh, again, we want these characters to be who similar. The, the adaptation is one thing, but the funness of who the characters are must kind of it has to be comparable to its source material yeah there, sorry not to interrupt but there's one thing that i failed to mention is that uh they promise everything from superman 4 will be canon and connected so you know really yeah interesting, interesting. but honestly that's a that's a big world to play in and like we talked about it before right like one of the good parts about young justice 
was that Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman exist in the world of Young Justice, but they, they don't not main characters. So when they show up, they have very prominent roles. They push narrative along, whatever, whatever. Like we don't need them for our our characters that are we're focusing on to move forward. They're right. independent, but they live in that world. So I think yeah. that's not that bad of a move because a world where there's a Superman and there's a bunch of space cops that that come to Earth every once in a while, that's kind of cool. A world where we have a Bat family that knows that there's Superman around, but they they do about they do all the low hanging fruit stuff, the underground thugs, murderers, and gang stuff because Superman don't do that shit. All right, cool. So I think that's a, a, an interesting way to kind of play it, and I think one where i'm like okay this seems like again and i read another thing for gun he was like you know we're in a better position to do a, a chapter one than mcu was when they first started because mcu yeah. didn't they didn't really have a plan when they started they were just like let's put some money into this iron man let's hope this shit works out and it did and then they kind of scrambled and kind of hodgepodge together now it turned out pretty dope and now you know but it took them a little bit to figure it out where yeah, they, their more. first uh uh post-credit scene was just like a random off idea that uh that John Farber had yeah. to, to have um um Sam Jackson appear as Nick Fury and now and because of the the that was kind of a good thing because he was had just been this uh they did a, a book where he was the the likeness his likeness yeah. was introduced as um as Nick Fury and so that worked out well but then it just became this New <laughs> thing. Although they even started the the other, giving credit where it's due, the other uh, Sony and Fox Marvel films were doing post credit yeah. things, uh, right? But you know the MCU yeah. took it to uh, a develop a, a narrative development level where these well that's the way it was nowadays. I don't know what they're doing post, yeah. but um, each one sort of built to something bigger in that bigger thing being the Avengers. Um, and so from there you can see that they now have gun and, and his cohort, they have a roadmap of the things that work and things that they can try different. Because I think one of the things that with this slate tells me is that they're not trying to do all of the same things. They're going to give these filmmakers a little bit more tonal freedom um, as long as they're kind of in line narratively. So um, the problem with a lot of Marvel films is that there was an established tone and yeah. that tone takes precedent over any kind of um, narrative ambition uh, for each individual filmmaker. You know, that's why I thought it was hilarious when people were calling Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness Disney Marvel's first horror film, like... If that's their first horror film, man, I, I, I would hate to see. I would hate to see their first rated R film. But that, yeah. that, that's that's what it, it's because that tone has been established, and because it worked, and it's been very successful. Taking nothing away from them, it's been very successful. But it all falls back to that style that was established with Iron Man. Yeah, which is it? You go only but so far with the stakes, but then you rein it in and undermine it with a little bit of brevity. Yeah. And, and, that's, and I think you're right. I think that's the, that, I think that's where, you know, they can have a little bit, they can set them apart from Marvel by doing that. Where like, they can actually have real estate. They can have better villains. They can do a lot of things. And I think those are those types of things where I'm like, 
we'll see how how that's going to work out. And but now you have the idea of, of if it's going to happen or not. So I think that's the part where you know that's going to be the difference of how they're going to be able to separate themselves out from Marvel. Well, yeah, they also don't have the the shackles of being a Disney like Disney Disney's yeah. Disney's brand is built around family fun and you know mm-hmm. family friendly and for the kids at the end of the day. Um, so you know. DC and, and DC has always been a little bit more edgy in terms of the writing in terms of like the first time I saw cursing in a comic book was a DC comic but as a teenager I was just completely blo- wait what just say that and you know it, so I think they're going to emulate a little bit of that in how they um in how they write some of this stuff for DC and they're not going to be afraid to do I don't know an R-rated swamp thing you know what I mean? Like they don't have the shackles that 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 Marvel has. So I think you'll see a lot more risks being taken, a lot more in the way of movies that sort of separate themselves from the the standard, you know, PG thirteen as like the edgy uh, sort of sort of narrative based uh, storytelling. Yeah, I think it gives Disney and Marvel. <laughs> listen, if if that first film is out the gate, boom, it changes the overall landscape because now Marvel has to step up a bit, especially yeah. if they keep going on. And again, like you said, a Swamp Thing is rated R and totally different than what we saw in Superman Legacy. You know, now you're saying, okay, this, you don't get fatigued that way or you won't feel like, okay, this movie no different than the last one I saw or the last one I saw or the last one I saw. You know what I'm saying? You won't feel that way. You will never get tired of going to see DC films. Yeah, and I think the, was the cadence supposed to be like one movie or was it two movies, one TV show or something like that? They they were like setting that cadence early. Yeah. I think it's four and four. I think they, or it's four total. Two, no, it's four total. Two movies and two shows a year, I think they said that yeah. Is there any way we can bring the Punisher to DC? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably not without him and Batman like having a, a fight to the death, in which yeah. probably the Punisher would kill Batman. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just saying because the Disney fight, you know, once Netflix lost, I get on the rights to show Punisher. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. we'll never see that version again, even with the actor being John. Was it Ber- Bernthal? Bernthal? Ber- 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 yeah. Bernthal. Yeah. 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 Well, I thought it was one of the. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge Punisher fan. Like, again, I like the uh, Dolph Lundgren Punisher. I mean, I'm just me being nostalgic, even though it wasn't a great <laughs> movie. Uh, but again, I thought John Bernthal, based on some of the comics I read, really captured the Punisher essence of violence. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know Disney will never go that far down the rabbit hole, in my opinion. So well, yeah, I actually think I'm they're joking about going to DC, but I'm just yeah. No, 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 no. I, um, I think I think that's going to be their first test. Honestly, I think I think their first test of how they're going to do their quote unquote Marvel Knights series, you want to call it, think more mm-hmm. edgier stuff, will be Punisher. Um, how dead? How they do Deadpool? I think those two are going to. I think those two are going to yep. be their tests of like, you know, are we going to get PG thirteen Deadpool if we do? Folks are going to turn out. Are we going to get mm-hmm. PG thirteen Punisher? 
people are going to turn out because those aren't that's not the character. And I think mm-hmm. the juxtaposition of what Gunn is doing is Gunn is actually basing stuff. Okay, the storytelling is the most important thing. It's already been established in the comics, so let's mm-hmm. keep that cadence and make and tell a good story. Where Marvel is, at this point now, we're in you know the the MCU lately. It's been let's cater to what our marketing situation is as opposed to actually kind of like telling a good story, you know, and that's why people have been tuning out slowly but surely. Yeah. And they've been really having some cake and eating it too, because, you know, they're trying to include like certain social issues, but they don't go nearly to the point of having the conversation, making the conversation worth it. Because again, you, you're trying to balance that against the story that you're trying to tell. Um, But, you know, I think, one of the 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 interesting things is, is like you said whether or not we're gonna get Deadpool um, true to to who he was before um, and or um, you know you brought uh, Cam brought up Punisher and I was I was thinking like yeah Bird uh, the Netflix one was cool but the real Punisher the live action was a little movie called Punisher War Zone. From yeah, man. <laughs> with yeah. Punisher. What's the guy that plays him? Uh, uh Ready Ray Winstone. Thor's homies in, in the Marvel verse. You know. Yes. Yeah. 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 Warzone was crazy. Was, I think it's that was first, really. in the first in the first three minutes, he killed more people than like the first two movies combined or some shit like that. Like something yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And it was directed by a woman that was the uh was one of the, the main stunt people from I think the previous film or something like that. Yeah, that I remember when that movie came out, it was like two years after the time two or three years after the Thomas Jane film. So it was confusing because you're like, is this a sequel? Is it don't look like that. But then when you see it, it's like, man, they just drop you in the middle of the Punisher's world and don't even worry about trying to they give you the flashbacks of his trauma, but he's just a killing machine. And it was yes, man. it was the best Punisher film. Talk about it. And it's it's so underrated. That it's not a great scene, movie, but it's it's bro. Man. That parkour scene where these dudes just flipping <laughs> off a off a off a rooftop, and then dude rocket launchers the main guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was so beautiful. Yeah. Because they it was not really well because you don't see Punisher in the frame at all. All you see is huge flipping and then the main one like flips and tries to jump across a building and then all of a sudden a rocket a rocket hits him and same POV. They cut to Punisher like standing there just like holding the smoking rock. We're laughing at this, but it's comic books. I mean, it again, oh man, you know, it's, it's it's comic book violence. It's yeah, good. you're right. It was great. It was, it was so great. good. Yeah, it was. It was. I didn't expect it to be good at all. And then when I watched it, I was like, Dude. "What am I watching?" <laughs> yeah. And what's his name was really good as uh, Jigsaw. I thought. I mean, he was. Yep. I mean, again, for what they had and what they did, because Larry was amazing. Not even for oh, comic yeah. books, but absolutely was a great addition to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, they did a good job. I think, and like you said, it was one of those things where like, it, it clearly was like, hey guys, we have the, we already have this greenlit. We already have a budget. What do you guys want to do? 
Yeah, and they're like, man, we can't tell the same story we just told. We can't keep going back to emo Punisher. We just, you know, like nobody wants to see that. That was the whole problem with uh, Thomas James. Like for the whole movie, he's like got his head buried in his in his his side. Like his head, <laughs> like the whole time. And so, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, we wanted the one that that came two years later. That was and the mm-hmm. one we haven't gotten since. Well. Half we got. I'll give Netflix credit. Um, that Punisher stepped it up, but that was just in the middle of a befungled story that nobody remembers, and I certainly don't remember what was going on in that story. That trailer for the for the for the full uh, the full trailer for the first season of Punisher though with the Metallica. Uh, oh yeah, the Metallica soundtrack that was phenomenal. Yeah, why do you? I think I think Punisher was probably Netflix's more successful of the shows as a full as a whole. Yeah, and, uh, and I like that they they like I said they 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 kept it. They tried to be as edgy as they can within the constraints they did, and I thought they did a pretty good job of it. And I like mm-hmm. took Cam's credit. I think I think you're right. If if you you have Punisher back as a character, you have Daredevil back as a character, you have Deadpool. And these characters are not necessarily the the bright and shiny Disney situation. So like, let's mm-hmm. see what you guys do with it. I think Daredevil would be another one would be like a mini test to see how they go with that. If, if yep. Daredevil is all shiny and happy, like uh, you know, almost Hawkeye like, they're gonna be like, all right, well now you got your answer. If it's gonna be the yep. jokey dokey smashing She Hulk and the She Hulk series type thing, then there you got your answer. But like you said, if we get PG thirteen uh, Punisher where he's like, <laughs> you know. Tying criminals up for leaving them for the uh, for the cops. Many people yeah. have no blood. Now <laughs> yeah, he's shooting them with stun guns and and, yep. and rubber bullets yeah. and knocking yeah, them out. Exactly. Exactly. He's not, he's not doing it. You know, Daredevil. I really have no hope for that one. Uh, not to straight too far of it, but you know, even the Born Again subtitle is just a little weird to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a weird. Liberation of 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 evangelical and I thought. Matt Murdock was a Catholic that I'm yeah. like, how is it? I don't get that. So, yeah, you know, it's, I get, it's clever. It's supposed to be, Oh, he's born again on Disney plus instead of Netflix. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's an odd choice. It's yeah. an odd thing. They should just drop it. Um, and I think, so now we have, we have DC trying to kind of, kind of starting something that could. And again, I think, I think all this kind of, are optimistic about the DC situation because we kind of you need Marvel needs somebody to play off of. We, we saw them without anyone to play off of for the last five six years, and they was really duty. And they've been they've become content, and that's what happens when people close. have anything to kind of measure. You know, you are the measuring stick, so now you can yeah. kind of coax. And they so need a, you need a villain yeah. to get you better. You know, you need, you need a foil to freaking to to fight against. I think. Because these last, you know, three to five years, DC hasn't really put anything that can do that same thing. They can, Marvel felt like they can do whatever they want. They got kind of fat. They got lazy. They got spoiled. And I think Gunn kind of introducing and kind of doing this shakeup could definitely give it a good run for its money. Because you know, it's I it's gonna make Marvel need to go back to the gym now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I, like I, I did. I watched. Uh, I didn't finish Peacemaker, but I watched a good chunk of it and. That though that show is already better than a lot of the, the Disney Plus shows, just in terms mm. of like uh, casting wise, tone wise, and how it was per se, and, and you know that character. And so again, I think this is like again, if, if 
if we get a strong Superman movie, billion dollar Superman movie, that will ring bells that Marvel, like you said, will have to get back into the gym and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to uh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and honestly, he can he can probably end Richard Donner's trilogy as a as a base inspiration for how to create a and I'm talking about just the first three Superman films, really just the first two. Uh, but uh, he can use those as a basis of of how Superman worked in movies, like uh, Christopher Reeve's Superman. Those movies worked. That was, like mm-hmm. Superman Two was one of my favorite movies growing up because it it was it was the real General Zod and 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 mm-hmm. and. Uh, and his ambition, uh, uh, what's his name? Gene Snitsky was, uh, not Snitsky, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gene, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman was uh, great as Lex Luthor, as the tycoon. And in, in, in that whole story was about hope and Superman being a beacon of hope. And so he uses those. I'm, I'm just saying, don't go too far into... But we were talking about it before we started. You know, Snyder had some good ideas for Man of Steel, but you know, he create he he committed a, a, a moral event horizon when he made Superman kill Zod, and and nobody yeah. can defend that because again, there were options, <laughs> and Superman always looked always for had the options. Option. Exactly. And that's I what that that's Snyder is a visionary. I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> and, and, and and again, it's like you know, Snyder again always has good ideas. His execution is always where it fails him. But you know, straying away from the core aspect that Superman is a Boy Scout and he's always looking for the option, right? He's always looking mm-hmm. to how to save people, how to how to figure this way out without violence or whatever, whatever, whatever. And so I think by portraying that that core value messed up the whole situation and took a lot of people out of uh, Man of Steel. Because it was kind of like, yo, man, Superman is supposed to be the beacon of good. You watch that first uh, Superman uh, movie and that second one, every time Superman Reeves, is, as Superman is on screen, it's majestic. It's almost like uh, angelic. And it has this like aura where you're like, oh, shit, this dude's just from another planet. Like, he's really doing something. And we all know he could literally truly, rule the world. Truly otherworldly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it applauds him to think of himself in that way. Like, it, exactly. it, it repulses Kal-El Clark Kent to align himself with anything that is, okay, I could be a god or I am a god. Yeah, that, yeah anything oh, other than a god from Kansas. Yeah. yeah. Or, a, or, a, or a refugee from Krypton. Like, that's, that's, because in his mind, and he keeps this as the character keeps this, and I'll say his mind, but the character is written when he, at his best when is depicted as someone again who doesn't who sees himself as if he was on Krypton he would not have these powers he would not mm-hmm. be uh, uh special he would just be another uh Kryptonian and, and that's what works for the character that's what keeps him grounded yeah a hundred percent and I think that's and and, <laughs> and even me like I don't I'm like I'm just not a um I'm not really I've never been a real big Superman fan. But at the same time, I still understand the core values of what Superman is, you know, who he, who the character is, what he does, what he stands for. 
And that's actually a good thing because that carries on to anything, anything that he shows up in. If, I, if I'm watching Justice League, I know Superman's going to try to be the most optimistic option. Batman's going to be the most realistic option. And then, you know, so these core traits is something that I think for Snyder, he got away from. And they just kept giving away from it, from, you know, continuing on to the rest of the movies. Yeah, I think the best uh, one line came from the great Justice League Unlimited when Batman said, uh, uh, Superman is a Clark is a good man. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) That perfectly sums up who Batman and Superman both are in terms of how they deal with uh, villainy. So, you know, as long as Superman remains the ideal human being who is not actually human. There you yeah. Go. And I would say the and then I would to wrap most of this up. One of the things I do like about what Gunn is doing, um, Gunn is actually one of the best uh, entertainment people on Twitter. And the reason being is he actually like he what he actually like responds to people. But I like mm-hmm. that he's. He's he'll be sarcastic, but it'll also be fair, but it'll also be truthful. And so what and it is and what's good is that he's he'll people because like, you know, every single, you know, geek is like, oh, you know, sources tell me that blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, someone will be like, James, James Gunn, is this true? And he'll he'll chime in. Nah. <laughs> and then he'll be like, and, I'm, I am sources. No. Yeah, he's like, nah, that's not true. And then someone and then the person will like, well, that's what I just heard. He's like, uh, yeah, so I'm the person that's running this, so I'm just gonna let you guys know that's not true. <laughs> right. And I like that he does that because it gives a, a it pulls the wind out of a lot of the geeks uh rumor mill and gossip. Mm-hmm. And people like that's like get this up. But also it, it makes it real. Like the and this is he, he he had to do that with Suicide Squad, he had to do that with a lot of his movies. But I like that he, at the very least he engages the fans and even when he took over, he was like, Look, you know, we're here to do a job and it's cool that you guys have your opinions. But like you guys are going to inform what we're going to do, and I like mm-hmm. that he he, took, he did that jump just to get out the rip. Like, yo, fans, it's cool that you guys are invested. That's super awesome. But fuck y'all, we're going to do what we want to do, and y'all going to have to figure that out and reconcile that within yourself. And I like that he takes that approach because you it takes the wind out of what's been happening a lot in these last uh, five. It, it, it gets years. back to get back. To, yeah. it, it, it gets back to the subject subjectivity of art. Yeah, you watch. You get it, you judge it, you critique it, you like it, you don't like it, and then you move on with your bloody day. Yeah, and even being honest, be, even adding to the art aspect of that coin, it being a commercial product, you know, he's producing, they're producing commercial products, you know, you have a choice with that. You either consume or you don't. You, you, you purchase or you don't, and so... Yes. Uh, until up until then, and that's the, the sort of I guess thing that's become a problem in in modern fandom is that now there's this this over and you know, overbearing desire to have ownership over these things. Um, when in truth, you know, you're really supposed to really just only consuming them as products of um, you know entertainment or. Um, artful productions, whatever you want to look at it. Um, but beyond that, you know, we should, we, we probably shouldn't even look for articles talking about what's possibly in the film because what, you know, it, what, if, what's the point there? You, that kills the whole, the whole desire to watch the film 
and to see it for the for its 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 full glory or 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 the movie or or the uh, TV series. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that that part of it has you know I think my time being in entertainment was that was the most interesting part of like now actually knowing the actual real and then hearing all the assumptions. And it was funny because someone someone had pointed mm-hmm. out they're like they're like oh well you just have bias because you're within the machine. I'm like no I don't have bias. I actually have knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Like the difference, like you know, you assuming things, and I actually that's incorrect. This is what it actually is, or I know exactly what it is. And I think it was interesting to be within the machine because it was fun to hear all the theories. But then I realized I was like, oh, this is literally people just talking shit and just throwing out whatever conspiracy theories or whatever they think should happen. And then if you actually knew, you wouldn't actually say half this stuff. But then that's not the point. It's actually it's all it's akin to and. I think fandom has gotten to the level of like uh, sports fandom as well. We're like, you know, you, we all have your opinions on your favorite sports teams and all that kind of stuff. And so it's really interesting to see how that dynamic has played out in the the entertainment and comics and geek realm now too. Because like you said, any 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 tweet can now be taken in seventeen different ways and cause a whole uh, bunch of you know twenty uh, blog think pieces, a couple of videos, <laughs> like all this all this content. Yeah, fuffling regular. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the cast <laughs> kerfuffle, you know, everything, everything from it. It's just, it all becomes this sort of wave of, of angry fans because it's not done the way they want it to be done. Even though, well, not- I, I think a large part of it is what Cam was saying. You know, people assume that they know how the machine works from the outside. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we're inside. You know. So, still works in in, in in entertainment and i gotta tell you we don't know nothing <laughs> we i mean we have but the thing is we know how the framework works the mm-hmm. structure we know the order of operation we know that you can't do this without that we know that you have to have a budget before you have a this you know you, there's pre-production there's all these things that go into how the how these things are made and I think once you step outside of the awareness of what that structure is and how these things work, how the machine sort of, you know, is is connected leg bone to thigh bone, so to speak, you you're you're wading into waters and you don't know what they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people just want to have opinions and they want to talk and they want to say what it what is and what isn't and what this person's gonna do because they read, you know, something on buttnut.com or whatever stupid side of the day has, you know, has a, an, some unfounded rumor. Um, you know, it, I, I would say, you know, it, to anybody who wants to do, who wants to really know, educate yourself on the structure and you'll realize that 95% of what you read on the internet falls away. Once you know how the machine works, once you know how these things, you know, how these deals are brokered, how these films are, are are greenlit, how, you know, pre-production works, how hiring the director works and then casting. And, you know, once you how all these things sort of fall into place one behind the other and they have to fall in place one behind the other, there's an order of operation. Once you know the order of operation, everything else falls away. You'd be stunned and stunned at how much crap just falls away that you read on the internet that's just like that doesn't make sense because this hasn't happened yet 
Um, you know, that's, it just, that's, a, that's a lot of homework for the uninitiated, Josh. I mean, I'm just saying some people just want to know what's coming and when it's coming and how and, and how long they got to wait. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, for the people, but I mean, I'd like to think that if you're listening to a podcast about, a, you know, a, by a bunch of dudes who at the end of the day just kind of fire up, fire it off opinions, I figure you want to know a little bit more than the average. And if you want to know a little bit more than the average, then you need to know what the structure is. You need to know how the machine works. You know, what 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 screw goes where? Why is different from the transmission? Why a manual transmission is different from an automatic? You know what I mean? You need to know those things if you really want to see how the machine works. Once you know that stuff, when you read blogpostfart.com's, you know, hot take on whatever the thing of the day is, and you you peep that it's wrong. You're going to be able to peep that it's it's absolute nonsense. The fun be able to is, it is, is that a lot of, is that most people gas themselves up about it. And then when it doesn't turn out the way they thought, they get really upset and they blame. Yeah. Because uh, a little bit of that happened uh, with a few things that we've seen over these recent, recent years or whatever. But yeah, I I think all that to say, going back to what we were talking about with James Gunn, that he recognizes that aspect of fandom and he's responding to it sensibly and not with contempt. Because I think there's yeah. that there's that um, kind of instinctual desire to kind of you know throw a little contemptuous statements at some of this silly stuff that pops up because there's a lot of it that pops up especially from the fans that still want to see Zack Snyder's universe revived and, you know <laughs> most of us don't get that but they they do and he's trying not to alienate them and you know that's very dip- diplomatic of him and so intensely so is that <laughs> Yeah, so you know, it's it's all to say. Now we have we have talked about the phase one of of them of him saying, okay, this is what it is going to be. DC Studios Chapter One: Guys and Monsters. Now phase two for us is the execution. So I guess we have to wait at least at the very earliest till July eleventh, twenty twenty five. Um, when right. Superman Legacy is supposedly going to hit theaters. Uh, but until then, this looks good. But, you know, again, next is execution. We'll see how, if right. uh, if, if if the gun is... If he's left his own devices to actually do it the way that he wants to do it. Yeah, uh, I would, I'll, I'll wrap that up. Go ahead, go ahead, Cam. I was going to say, you know, Josh, you mentioned understanding the machine, but you forgot to put an asterisk. Once you understand the machine, that comes with a certain level of cynicism because you understand and know the intricacies of how things work and how sometimes the people behind the machine don't do the right thing. Very true. Ignorant bliss is sometimes fruitful and Mm. you can live that one side. It's like the red pill, blue pill. Do you want to enjoy your steak or do you want to really understand how the matrix works? And for better or worse, either be patient an understanding and maybe have a, a greater understanding of how things may work or be mad because it ain't going no you like they not mm-hmm. doing 
But if you, you know how it should work. Right. Yeah, yeah. And if you go down that route, you ultimately cut through and you see the human experience behind it all because often these things, these doors, these pendulums swing based on everyday human human decision making and this and deciding that, oh, Superman should be a bigger priority now or, you know, this is how things should go and, and you know, once that decision is made, it's made. And so, you know, once you get that apparatus understood, you'll see that a lot of these things are just really human human foibles. Yeah, definitely. And so, all right, so we're going to wrap it from there. We'll do some final words. Um, we'll start with, actually, you know what? I'll go first for final words. I always go with laugh. I'm trying to mix it up a little bit. Um, for me, my final word, I'm actually optimistic with all of this. I think it's going to be super interesting how they're going to pull it out. But again, going back to what D said, it is about execution. Um, I think for me, if I get a proper uh, Mr. Terrific, I think this whole thing has been worth it. <laughs> proper who? Mr. Terrific, you said? Yeah, a proper Mr. Terrific. <laughs> Just because uh, well, yeah. they, they, they did him dirty in the Arrow series, I thought. But, uh, um, never, yes. but I think um, I'm actually, I am cautiously optimistic. I'm with D. It's about execution. But from the, from the start of going back to kind of just telling good stories and really harping on that as your narrative. And that's the important part of it. And not, and, and openly saying, yo, we are not going to be in MCU. We're trying to do something a little bit different and do something that's more true to what this brand is. I think it's a smart way to start it off. And I'm curious to see how they pull it off. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, Cam. Sorry, I was on mute. Uh, if the final word is on this, um, cool let's just see how it plays out i don't i don't have any expectations like look i understand full well dc comics animation top tier uh movies not so much having james gunn and bart this is cool uh interested to see at my own pace what unfolds and we'll 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 take it from there and outside of this drink water and get your rest that's it I was on mute too. Uh, D. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I think we. I, as far as DC goes, that's pretty much. That's pretty much the sum of it. I, you know, I'm looking for the execution. This all looks good on paper and in theory, but we'll see what happens next. Uh, as far as final word, um, just something random. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I said this on the previous podcast, but originally I said I, I was reading the Witcher books and I didn't think that the criticism toward the writers, the TV show writers, Netflix, was uh, legit. But as I get deeper into the books, um, I do think that they, it is legit and that they are a little bit hating on uh, Sapowski, the the writer, because they are definitely changing a lot of stuff and not for the better. Uh, so <laughs> that's my little, oh, and the Witcher Blood Origin sucks on, uh, on Netflix. Uh, the animated joint? No, it's not the animated one. No, the animated oh. one is called something uh, the wolf. Which is good. Yeah, I got, I have to watch that one. That was about Vesemir, but th this one is, is, uh, and Vesemir is the, the one that trained, uh, Geralt, but this one is, mm. is, is supposed to be about, when they create the first Witcher or whatever, and when and this one was about being cheeks, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it is. That, 
it is bad. But anyway, that movie and and seeing what have how they're doing things, they are going radically different than uh, than what's in the books uh, and versus a lot of recent fantasy adaptations. So it'll be interesting to see. But um, I'm enjoying reading the books. I think if they don't if they don't sh- if they cut that stuff, then I don't know where they're gonna go. But anyway, that's my word. Josh, uh, two prong. Um, I think that while I am a staunch and avid uh, Marvel guy, for I'm from almost from birth. Um, end of the day, I think I I I want not. I think I want DC to do well. Because at the end of the day, it 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 uh, uh it, it's only going to strengthen and cement the genre, um, and I do have a personal, uh, nerd like inventing in the genre prospering. You know, this is this is what I've always had in my mind's eye when I was a kid. Um, so you know, if 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 this will only further that, then great. Um, the other is don't forget to watch Picard. It's coming up in a couple weeks. Because Star Trek, and that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> oh man, that's right. It's coming back and Disco too. I actually just told somebody yep. I was like, I've come so far with Disco that I'm I'm gonna see it through. Folks like D, I'm let, no D, don't no, I have to, I have to because I've already spent so much. It's just like time. You, you already uh, dumped into the pool of of crap. So now you gotta swim to the other units. Now you gotta, grow. right? You know it's gonna stink the whole way. So yeah, I'm glad you're used to. Yeah, yeah. That but, might get better, guys. Go might get better. You never know. Optimism, people. Uh, you know what? We'll end this on optimism. I think this whole pod has been about optimism. We're interested in seeing what happens, and I think in general, I'm 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 gonna be optimistic. Give people the benefit of the doubt from prior to their uh, what they've done before. I'm actually be like, hey, you know what? Maybe they'll surprise me. I've learned long ago if you don't have anything positive to say. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and on that note, the blurred lines, and we are out. Lessons for the kids.